You are listening to They All Marveled podcast. This podcast is for Marvel, sci-fi, and fantasy fans who want a Christian take on current pop culture, movies, books, and music. I'm your host, Darlene Bojek, and I'm joined by pop star influencer Han Bojek. Today, we are going to be talking about... Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Warning, this includes... Uh, this includes movie spoilers. If you haven't seen it, do not proceed. Or you can proceed at your own risk. Okay, Han, why don't we start with your thoughts about this uh, movie? Okay, I have mixed thoughts. Um, obviously, there are people who say it's an awful movie. I do not agree with that. There are some people who say it's the best movie. I don't entirely agree with that either. This is coming from someone who really loves the character Doctor Strange, and I've been looking forward to his sequel for a very long time. So I was very excited to see this movie, and there are things that made me really like it, and there were things that made me really dislike it. Not the movie itself, but just dislike the some people in the movie and some plot ideas. Okay, so... Let's talk about what those uh, what those things are that we liked, what we didn't like. I um, I took notes during the movie. <laughs> oh wow! To, to be able to talk, I didn't get the whole quotes down, so I looked them up online. There's some um, Doctor Strange quotes on there. Uh, huh. The the thing that was the big spoiler, which isn't much of a spoiler, is this idea that dreams are the windows into the lives of our multiverse selves. So Mm -hmm. let's start with that idea. What do you think? I thought the idea of that for a fictional movie is very interesting. Like, in a way, it kind of sits into place. It kind of makes sense for a fictional idea of, like, when you sleep, the things you see are... Like that's you are seeing things. You're not just seeing nothing at all. Your brain is just generating random things because sometimes dreams can be very specific. So in a way, I like that idea. I don't believe it, obviously, but I kind of I kind of like that idea. It's real creative. Creative. Yes. Okay, so uh, talk about the movie. That was uh, that's basically the premise of the movie. So talk about the movie and uh, spoil it for everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will talk about the my the things I thought that was good about this movie, and I'll talk about the things that I thought was bad. Okay. Um. So when it comes to the things that were good, the cinematography was really good. I liked Sam Raimi. Some of the shots uh, actually looked like a old nineteen nineties film. I don't know if you noticed, but with like the heads floating around and everything during narration and everything, that was very nineteen ninety. But I love how they did some shots that usually weren't used in Marvel movies. I loved – they were very cinematical shots. And the CGI, 95% of the movie was spectacular. The other 5% was still spectacular. It was just rushed. So you could tell that it was a little iffy, but most people don't even notice it. And people who hate on CGI don't know anything about CGI. I, I think it was just the first scene that was a reshoot, which is why the octopus looked a little fake. But then again – how are you supposed to make an octopus in New York City look real? Like, come on. <laughs> so I love that part. I love Doctor Strange. Every scene he was in was awesome. Um, I loved I, – I have mixed thoughts about the Illuminati. I'll, I'll talk about that a little later. Um, 
people were like, it's rushed. But honestly, I kind of like that. I like that they didn't dilly dally. I, I like that it wasn't a three hour movie just to add an unnecessary 40 minutes of dialogue of people just like sulking around and everything. Like it jumped straight to the point and went through. Uh, those are my main I, main highlights of why I like the movie. Now for the parts I didn't like. The trailers definitely spoiled too much. First trailer was really good. Second trailer was good. Everything that came out after that was just spoiling the movie. It came to the point where when I went to the movie, every scene I knew what was going to happen because of the trailers, not even the spoilers, because I did avoid the spoilers. But the trailers give gave everything away. Um, I didn't like the... There was some inconsistency in power. How does Wanda defeat Black Bolt and Reed Richards in five seconds and then has to battle with Captain Carter for five minutes. Now, mm-hmm. I get it. Captain Carter's strong, but how are you going to Black Bolt? For people who don't know who Black Bolt is, he's one of the most powerful people. In the comics, he's an inhuman, and she kills him in a second, and then has to spend five minutes finding Carter? Like, come on. Like, that, that's just <laughs> yeah. inconsistent. Uh, I was kind of disappointed that most of the long fights uh, were just... Uh, Wanda versus um, Wanda versus Carter and Captain Marvel. Uh, I was kind of disappointed that there wasn't like this really big epic fight between Wanda and Strange. Towards the end, there kind of was, but it didn't really live up to the hype, I guess. The only fight that I genuinely enjoyed was when it was Strange versus Strange, when they were fighting with the music notes. That was a very oh, yeah. creative, that was very creative, definitely top five fights in all of the MCU. And I don't know if you noticed, but sometimes when they were shooting the notes at each other, it was actual classical music sounds. You know, the yeah, na 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 There was that in it. One of I your favorite that. songs to play. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I loved how edgy they got with the gore. I think that definitely was like a Marvel showing that they're not scared to make like actually like uh, more on the DC side of movies. I will be honest though. There was one death that genuinely like I, I didn't scream out during the theater, but I was like, what the heck? Which was when Black Bolt died, when his mouth was like sealed closed. The first thing I thought of was the Matrix. And I was like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? He's defenseless now. And then when he, uh, spoiler warning, but like, but then when he like talked and then when you think about it, anything that comes out of his mouth is like extreme power. And when he doesn't have a mouth, where does it go? It goes back into his head. And that was crazy. Like that death, I did not think there would be a death in Marvel like that. Everyone in my theater gasped when that happened. Everyone was like, how, uh, that, that's kind of my light take on the movie now. What about you? I didn't like how Captain America died. That was gro- gross. They didn't Captain show Carter. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he, she was supposed to be Captain America, right? So, well, Captain like, Britain. They didn't sh- oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. they called her Captain America. Yeah. Anyway, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. So I thought that was the, the scene because you told me it's a gruesome mom. It's a horror movie. So, that really wasn't the... I was mainly talking about the Black Bolt death, the way his... Uh, like when his mouth is just closed yeah that i did not what did your theater have a reaction to that um i don't remember that did your theater clap at all like when reed richards showed up 
Not really. There wasn't very many people in our theater. It was a very oh. small theater. Oh, okay. Although it was full. When Reed Richards showed up, like our people clapped and everything, but this is something that was sort of on the internet. He is introduced as the smartest man alive, but one of the first sentences he says is giving away the only way that they can defeat her, which is he can kill you with his mouth. Basically giving away yeah. the one. And I was like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> smartest man alive? Yeah. And then he, then he was just turned into like cheese strings and spaghetti. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. weird. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah. Um, so what was um, what were some uh, events that happened that were uh, that were interesting or good or positive that happened in the story, plot wise? Plot wise. Um, I was. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see that much character development in Strange. Well, like, I, there was development. But for a movie titled Doctor Strange, it definitely did not have him at, as the main focus. If this movie was uh, Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness, I'd like this movie. But it wasn't. But he was sort of sidelined. He wasn't really the main focus. Scarlet Witch had much more of a character arc than he did. Um, he... I think good things is see this is this is the issue with the movie like it doesn't pop to my head right away like they didn't put anything in the movie that genuinely left an impact for me I guess well, let me him... make a... yeah let me make a comment about the um, character arc that's a really really good point in in stories um, sometimes a character is a steadfast character meaning that the other guy, the one that's trying to change him, the other guy changes. So basically, mm-hmm. I believe that his he was a steadfast character, meaning he's looking at all the other possibilities of the kind of Doctor Strange he could be. And all of those guys mm-hmm. used America, right? But at the mm-hmm. end, he chose to not use her which wasn't mm-hmm. changing his character. It was keeping his character the same, right? Okay. So that meant that forced the bad guy to have to change. Mm-hmm. Instead of the bad guy being bad the whole time, the bad guy changed, who was um, the Scarlet Witch, changed to be good. And that was uh, by the influence of the good character not changing. So that if they both change, it's a weird movie. You know, usually you defeat the bad guy by killing him. But in this case, he changed her, making him not be a change character, but the other one was a change character. So that's mm. probably why we saw her arc. Yeah. Okay. That, that definitely makes more sense. And okay. I do get it now. Him traveling throughout the multiverses. He's always seen as like this. He was this bad guy who used the dark hold and all the other universes. So it does make sense. There was character development. I liked, I don't know if this was a plot, but them traveling through the multiverses when they like go through all these all these different multiverses, mm-hmm. cartoon and liquid and everything, that was one of the most visually stunning uh, uh, shots I've ever seen. It's just that was a very Sam Raimi thing to do, like cut cut out all the music and just have like sound effects and everything. I really like that. Um, yeah, traveling th- when they're just like going through all the different worlds. That was really cool. But I do have a little point to make. I'm curious if you caught it. Did you notice how many times they broke the fourth wall? I didn't. 
They, they broke it like three times during the movie. The very oh, last one, end credit scene was very obvious. He's oh, like, it's over yeah. and looks straight. But there were multiple times in the movie when Wanda was looking around and then she looked at the camera, straight at the camera for like five, like two seconds. Long enough for it to not be a mistake, but short enough for not everyone to notice it. And there's a bit of a far theory, but I kind of think I know what it means in a way. Because they've only broken the fourth wall one other time before in a series called What If. But this might be indicating that they might do something where it's like a movie about where the superheroes realize that they're being watched like they're like we are the audience and they might do something where superheroes come to our world like our actual present world and they have cameos from people who exist right now like people we know existing like bill gates elon musk like justin bieber whatever and like superheroes come to our world and realize that they've they're being watched by us so that's definitely an idea because there's no other reason for them to break the fourth wall like or it can just be a subtle thing of being like showing how powerful Wanda is that she even notices that she's in a movie. So like even though it's fictional, they try to add the realism of her noticing that she's in a movie, if that makes sense. Oh, that's very interesting. What were the other times that they broke the fourth wall? Uh, I'm definitely – I don't remember that well. I just remember at the kitchen table when she was dreamwalking, she looked at the camera. At the very end, the guy looked at the camera – there was one more shot. I think Doctor Strange did it. I just don't remember when. That's fascinating. I, yes. I really, I'm glad that you shared that. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple things about um, Wanda. She um, she had a couple, uh, it was all about her being a mother, you know, and um, I'm not a monster, Stephen. I'm a mother, she says. Or um, Strange says to her, you created them. That's what, and she said, that's what every mother does. Wanda, mm-hmm. your children aren't real. You created them with magic. That's what every mother does, you know, mm-hmm. and she answers. So, um, and then the, um, the debatably friendly um, moms, you know, they mm-hmm. had to have that token thing. But mm-hmm. moms are a theme of this, which is interesting because it comes out Right before Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, and then the the theme that I noticed was there was this parallel between um, between Wanda and her children and Stephen and his loves, right? Yeah. And he um, uh, he says to Christine, I think is her name, mm-hmm. I love you in every universe which is mm-hmm. a truth, you know, that in every universe, that's one of the decisions that he, he makes that the Dr. Mm-hmm. Strange makes in every universe. Um, and the other one is that Wanda loves her kids in every universe. And she says to uh, Scarlet, Witch, when they have the debate, no, they'll be loved. Right. And the mm-hmm. lack of love between the kids and the Wanda from, from, um, the MCU mm-hmm. is what what changes her when she sees they don't love me as me here, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. don't love me as me here. I love them as me here, but they don't love me. Just like Christine doesn't love uh, Doctor Strange enough 
though he mm-hmm. loves them. So it was the the parallel between those two things. And she changed um, by staying, by being, becoming good about it. And Dr. Strange kept constant um, and didn't, uh, didn't give into darkness slash breaking the whole multiverse by grabbing the Christine that he could have grabbed. who yeah. didn't, wasn't connected to anyone. So he could have grabbed her and it would cause us to collide, but instead he, um, he made it right with um, America. He told her to use her power, you know, so he let go oh. of the power, the ability to control it. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I agree with you. I, uh, I think that was a, that was a good plot. That was good. What he did definitely built character. Um, I still stand by my saying though. Um, I think there were a lot of, there were a lot of jump scares in the movie, but for me, the biggest jump scare was when captain Chavez was like, when my two moms, that kind of made me jump up. That was like a big jump scare for me. And I noticed, uh, <laughs> this, this movie, uh, was there were there was a lot of political stuff in this movie. I think one thing about the movie, and this is something that's been going on with Marvel Phase Four in general, that I kind of started to, I don't know. I don't. It just makes me. It's not. It makes the films not like they used to be. So obviously they're going for more like equality over everything, which I don't have an issue with. There's a new series called Moon Knight. They're trying to bring more Middle Eastern Egypt. Arab stuff into Marvel. I I like the series Moon Knight. You should see it, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I like that and everything. But what they're trying to do now is like they want to uh, make it equal to they want 50-50 for men and women in the films. But like I feel like they're kind of losing their balance with that and they're making more focus. Like they're bringing in way too many um, girl main characters. Like they're they're doing it too fast. To the point where, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, most of the fights were just among the girls and everything. Like, they killed off the guys in the beginning, like, with the Illuminati. They kill off the two most powerful guys in two seconds. And then she struggles with Captain Carter. Like, they're, like, obviously, they're trying to give girls more screen time, which I'm okay with. But they need to do it more logically. For example, in the first Doctor Strange movie, they had the Ancient One, which was a girl. And she was, like, the most powerful thing there. But... They didn't. They did it very logically, and it didn't feel forced or political in any way. It just looked like, oh, there's this very strong um, leader who's a girl and everything, and they were able to successfully put uh, equally put women in the film. But in this one, they did it in an illogical way. Like for the Illuminati, like I said, they kill off the two guys in the beginning, and if she can do that to the two guys in the beginning, why can't she do that to the? Um, two girls too right away but instead she has to fight with them for an extra five minutes uh because they want to give the girls more screen time and everything and it's just it doesn't make sense maybe there's a competition maybe there's a comp there there's a uh, women are stronger than men but women aren't stronger than women there could be a message there you know like Mm. some sort of a feminist agenda there yeah i just point I wish I wish Reed Richards had some more fighting time. I wish they showed Black Bolt throw some hands and everything, but like they killed him off right away. So like during the whole fight between her and Carter and her and the Captain Marvel, I was just in my mind thinking, she kills off these really powerful guys in a second. Why can't she do it to these girls too? 
So I couldn't even really enjoy the fight. And I heard people whispering behind me. They were like, why did they just kill off the two guys in the most gruesome way possible in a second? And now she's struggling with someone who drank some uh, super soldier serum from a baby bottle and can lift up like 100 pounds and everything. So, but even the girl who has no superpowers, Christine, mm-hmm. was able was stronger and able to escape from her. Yeah, but like Christine, obviously had Doctor Strange with her and everything, and Chavez. Um, oh yeah, that that kind of was the the one. That Christine said something that was kind of cringy too, when she was like the demons came out of him and she was like holding a blaster or something. And she was like, "I'm." She said something like, "I'm gonna send you demons back to hell or something." I thought that was kind of cringy, <laughs> it, the way she said it or something. But she was she was pretty good. I liked what they did with her. How like showing how Doctor Strange loves her, but she doesn't really love him back in a way. Uh, I like that. I just really wish they didn't do it as illogical for balancing women and men out in the film to the point where we noticed it. We shouldn't have to notice that, in my opinion. I didn't mm-hmm. notice that in Doctor Strange 1, but I noticed that in this movie, and that kind of made me annoyed. And then, like, obviously... Yeah. Oh, they... The end credits and everything... Um, spoiler, if you're still watching this. Um, that girl at the end, do you know who she is? No. Do you know... You know remember Dormammu? In his first film, in Doctor Strange's first film, the main guy he went against, he was like, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And then he kept on reversing time until Dormammu was like, okay, I'll leave your Earth alone and I won't eat up your Earth. You might not remember. It was like six, seven years ago. But anyways, he uh, – that that girl is related to him in a way. And that girl's actually Doctor Strange's love interest in the comics or something. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, one question before um, uh, I get into some interesting uh, theory stuff. So, um, what do you think about the name of the of the girl who controls the multiverse, or who can America Chavez? What do you think about her name? Yeah, why do you think she? I mean, it wasn't just that her name was America Chavez. It's that she was wearing red, white, and blue stripes and stars. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to figure out if she's from a different universe. How did how is she standing for America? But I thought that was cool. I America Chavez. You think it's symbolic? I think it's symbolic a little. Isn't Chavez like Mexican? Mm-hmm. Like obviously they're here. They're trying to uh uh expand the diversity of the film so i think it's good and then nothing really struck me out of it again like saving america saving america yeah chavez i think at the end scene again what they did with chavez kind of was cringe like a cliche and set me off again like suddenly for some reason suddenly she's able to use all her powers very well against wanda like that didn't really make sense. Like, yes, it, it was very cliche. Like, what what would have been natural? Exactly. Like, that's one issue that Marvel does uh, is just suddenly the superhero one second doesn't know what to do, and then they're like, "Oh, 
family, family matters. And then they're like, boom, 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 uses all their mm. superpowers, like really good. Um, the only person who has a right to use their superpowers really good in the movie was like Doctor Strange, Wanda and Wong. The others, like the people who are like Chavez and everything should have been a rookie the whole time. And at the end, obviously, it would be cool if she could like her opening that portal, I guess, is OK. But like then when she started like throwing hands with Wanda and like beating Wanda up, I was like, all right, like this is getting out of hand. Wanda's able to beat yeah. all these people, but can't beat America Chavez. Like, come on. Inconsistency <laughs> in the power. That was the issue. OK. OK. Yeah. The, um, there was a, a interesting thing about that scene. Uh, at the very the first time she gets um, she gets to that location that temple she says uh, this isn't a tomb it's a throne right mm-hmm. but at the end it's a tomb yeah at the very end of the movie okay so I said I was going to talk about theory there is a very interesting thing about multiverses Fred Hoyle is a um, a famous scientist and he, uh, from who was talking about multiverses. The reason for the theory of a multiverse is trying to explain the fine-tuned universe. And so um, he's going to explain what the fi- what that means by fine-tuned universe. And then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about why we have this idea of a multiverse that's now in, in pop culture. Okay, uh, Fred Hoyle, a, fa- a famous scientist, says, a common-sense interpretation of the facts suggests that a super intellect has monkeyed with physics as well as with chemistry and biology and that there are no blind forces worth speaking about in nature. No blind forces. So, so no, uh, mm-hmm. no chance. This is a, a super intellect. The numbers one calculates from the facts seem to me so overwhelming as to put this conclusion almost beyond question. So, Fred Hoyle is not a Christian, but he says that all of the facts, the common sense interpretation of the facts of our universe, um, hint that there's this uh, in chemistry and physics and biology that there's fine tuning. To and so, uh, as Christians, we say, well, of course there is because God created the world to bear life. It's not just chance that kind of incidentally ended up with life on our planet. So the multiverse idea is a, a, a way that people are trying to counter the fine tuning. And so there's this thing that's called string theory. And string theory is, um, I mean, I'm not a scientist. I don't, I'm not going to explain it perfectly, but string theory is essentially a way to um, explain that all of the universes, uh, this universe happens to be the correct one that gets all the life, but then all the other chance universes are out there somewhere where it didn't quite turn out this way. And so, I mean, in that case, you had flowers growing on um, New York, you know, which is kind of cool idea, you mm-hmm. know, greenery grown all around the place. Um, and then there were other universes, I mean, the, the where it falls apart is these other universes are also hold on to life, right? So uh, the different universe generating, um, the, like a these these u- different universes are generated by a mechanism that 
uh, creates all the different possibilities of universes. And so ours happens to get uh, life on it. Tied to this is the idea that every decision we make creates two possibilities of direction that the universe could go. When we make that decision, there's a universe where, uh, where we chose to do this, and there's another universe where we chose to not do it. And so everybody's individual lives also spin out these universes. Uh, I mean, it falls apart logically because my life and your life are, I mean, I'm not the center of the universe, though I think I am, and you're not the center of your universe, though you feel you are. You know, everybody feels they're the center. But anyway, um, the mm-hmm. interesting thing that uh, Stephen Meyer says, you remember what he said about the, the where this falls apart? Um, he says that, um, let me read this quote. Oh, okay. This is by Stephen Meyer. Both inflationary cosmology and string theory require universe generating mechanisms that themselves require fine tuning. It would seem that fine tuning, like certain dental drills, goes all the way down. So uh, in the case of multiverses, we see um, that science actually uh, is trying to explain away God's fine tuning of this universe. Mm -hmm. And in the case of uh, Dr. Strange is tapping into magic versus demons and um, and, uh, the sorcery versus witchcraft and and things Mm -hmm. like that dabbling into the um, spirit world these are just um, attempts to to have a supernatural world without um without god so um the it falls apart because where's this who made the who made the universe making machine you know it doesn't solve the problem to have uh have all these universes and one of them ends up being correct because you're missing a um, the universe creation machine. So anyway, string theory falls apart logically in, in those two areas. First of all, alternates alternate decisions that you make um, in in the uh, Doctor Strange movie. The alternate decisions he makes sense creates new universes in a sense. Um, and in in the case of the cartoon world and the water world that doesn't fit into actually into anything that's really physically. um, I mean, cartoon world is not a physical place, right? So uh, anyway, so that was a interesting theory. I'll put some um, links in the show notes page. If you're interested in that very basic uh, uh, survey or overview of the, the problems with the multiverse. Mm. Is there anything that you think about when uh, realistically with regard to a multiverse? I think the concept of a multiverse is interesting. I don't think it's possible in any way because a multiverse would mean like that's too big of a scale. And obviously as a Christian, that would that debunks everything about Christianity to start with. So multiverse obviously isn't real i like a fictional concept of it um i feel like the multiverse is gonna be the downfall of mcu because at this point no one's death means anything really oh no someone died who cares just go to a different universe and grab him up or something that's a very good point so at this point deaths don't mean anything that big 
Black Panther, you know what's going to happen? Uh, I think um, the bad guy in the last movie, Killmonger, he kind of had a redemption towards the end when he basically said, hey, man, I'm just doing this. Like, I just want peace in the world and everything. Even though he had a bad mindset, he kind of had a redemption in the end. So what they're probably going to do, go to a different universe, grab him up, different universe where he's actually Black Panther, grab him up, bring him back. That's what they did in a, a recent animated show called What If. That That is what they did. And that's probably what's going to happen. And once that happens, no death truly is going to matter anymore. And I think deaths won't mean much after that. And I think the only time people are truly going to want to see it and when, is when there's really good cameos. Like Fantastic Four, people are going to want to see the Reed Richards man because he's played by John Krasinski, which is someone people love. Uh, they're probably going to watch it again if Iron Man shows up as the actor Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise was a runner-up for a guy who was going to play Iron Man. And they're probably going to show Iron Man again in a different universe but this time a different actor, which makes sense because not every Iron Man is played by the same actor. So people will come to see that. Or Hulk. Yeah. Or Spider-Man. Or sp- they've already done the Spider-Man theory. But basically, they're not going to... Like I feel like this is going to be what the... F- this is going to be like the flop of Marvel. Thor Love and Thunder comes out soon. I think that will be interesting. Obviously... Um, if I if I know correctly, this is Phase Four Marvel, so they're gonna heavily be cutting down on all the guys while they're boosting a lot of more female main characters, which again I don't have an issue with as long as they do it logically. It has to make sense, and they shouldn't like they shouldn't make us notice the political part of it. If that makes sense, if we notice it, then we, they're doing something wrong. So I'll, I'm excited for that. Sadly, I'm not really looking forward to a new Doctor Strange movie or something because it just the end credit scene made me go like, oh, now we're all back to square one or whatever. They're gonna do it again, just in a different way. So yeah. we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. The end credit scene kind of made me go like, all right, like Marvel's kind of just going in a loop at this point. The end credit scene kind of made me go like, oh, they're just going to loop now. So that's kind of made me like kind of back off a little. But I did like how they did it differently. I liked the dark, more darker horror aspect of Marvel. But uh, for those who've seen Moon Knight, and you should see it too, uh, you should see Moon Knight too. It's just six episodes. The finale came out a few days ago. Um, I'm pretty sure you have access to my Disney Plus anyway. So watch Moon Knight. It's more like Middle Eastern Egypt type of Marvel film directed by Middle Eastern and everything you'll you'll notice a lot of songs that are more Middle Eastern in it it's about like Egyptian uh, Egyptian gods and everything oh. and in general I've I really like that series uh, that series is more it's sort of like Doctor Strange which is more it's more on the edge it's not as gory but it definitely is darker um, quick little thing it's just basically about a guy who doesn't know when he's dreaming or not and he has multiple personalities. So like at night before he sleeps, he has to like he straps himself to his bed and everything because he might go around and walk and do things without knowing it. So basically when he wakes up, when he actually wakes up, he knows that he's actually awake and not awake. So it's, just, it's a very good film. It has you tripping up a lot. 
You should see it. That's the type of Marvel film I want to see. Is it called? It's called Moon Knight. Moon Moon Knight. Yep. Moon Knight. Yep. Yeah, and right. and what she said about the the death doesn't matter. I agree. I think that's a good point when you have all these multiverses that um that you lose the value of life. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe their intention. I don't know. That is going to be it for this episode. Thank you, Han, for joining me. And thanks for um, uh, tag teaming with the watching this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any last words? I think that's it. Great for having me. It's been really fun to be on the podcast. Okay, this, um, our podcast is brought to you by 2 Thessalonians 1.10. He comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed. All right, friends, thank you for listening to the All Marveled podcast. You can find show notes for this episode, including links to everything we talked about at christianuniverse.org. Take a look. We also have a quiz to test your ability to survive an apocalypse. Uh, ChristianUniverse.org. That's it for this time. Goodbye. Bye.